Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Tom Wheeler, Executive Director of the Environmental Protection Information Center, or as we are better known in these parts, EPIC. And I'm joined by my fellow Executive Director, Caroline Griffith of the North Coast Environmental Center. Hey, Caroline. Hi, Tom. All right. So, Caroline, would you like to introduce our two guests for today's show? Because the NEC is sponsoring these these two folks in some sense. Absolutely. Yeah, we are very fortunate to have a couple of Cal Poly graduate students helping us with a, a survey of local attitudes and perceptions towards energy sources. So we have got Lorelai Walker. Hi, Lorelai. Hello. And Alec Brown. Hey there. Hey, welcome to the show, you two. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So, Caroline, you have these great master's students at Humboldt State. Let's let's go through and kind of get to know both of them a little bit. Alec, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Tom. I've lived in Humboldt County for, I say, going on five years now. And I got my undergrad degree at Humboldt State, which is now Cal Poly. And that's where I'm getting my master's, hopefully in the next two years. <laughs> but my master's project is funded by the CSU Council on Ocean Affairs, Science and Technology, as well as the California Sea Grant. And it's really all about looking at the spent nuclear fuel storage site on Humboldt Bay, actually. So it's a little bit different than what we're going to be talking about today, but I figured I'd plug this really quickly because I think it's important to kind of broadcast this and get exposure in the community. So I'm pursuing a degree in environmental science and management, and my thesis is centered on a project looking at the spent nuclear fuel storage site on Humboldt Bay. So it's a CSU Council on Ocean Affairs, Science and Technology funded grant, as well as uh, the the California Sea Grant. But really what we're doing is exploring and documenting vulnerabilities from sea level rise, earthquake hazard, and bluff erosion in this really comprehensive and easily approachable format. And I think this will help ultimately guide risk analysis in the future. But I think more than that is our project team for my master's degree and my, my research is to augment the technical with the social. That is to say, we really want to understand the social fabric of the community and how decisions are made and what might facilitate or foster meaningful discussions around the future of the spent nuclear fuel. And this is especially in light of irreconcilable uncertainty, really, a very a quickly changing climate and all of the changes that will ensue because of that, as well as the absence of multi-scale governance, especially at the federal level, that really leaves communities storing nuclear waste with no direction or timeline. And so it's a, it's a little bit different, like I mentioned, from this project that we're doing with NEC, but I think there's a lot of overlap between the two because in my master's thesis, I'm really exploring how to best share information, how to express tools and existing frameworks with the Humboldt Bay community and the larger community so that decisions are informed and that stakeholders' interests, values, and concerns are integrated into future plans. So I think there's some overlap there and I, I'm enjoying so far the creation of this survey and I've I'm excited to see what the outcome will be. Very cool, Alec. Thank you. And if you're interested in spent nuclear fuel at Humble Bay, we have an Eco News episode about that from a couple months back with Professor Jen Marlowe from Cal Poly Humboldt. So go check that out in the archives. Lorelai, welcome. And I, I'm curious to learn about you and what you're studying in school as well. 
Yeah, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having us. My name is Lorelai Walker. I've lived in Humboldt for about 15 years. I got my Bachelor of Science degree from Humboldt State University in the Environmental Science and Management Department with a focus on energy and climate and a minor in environmental policy. I am currently pursuing my graduate degree from Cal Poly Humboldt in the Energy Technology and Policy Program. I am a Blue Lake Rancheria Clean Energy Studies Fellow, as well as a graduate student researcher at Schatz Energy Research Center. At Schatz, I do research related to the proposed offshore wind project located 20 miles off Humboldt Bay. The Biden administration has announced plans to deploy 30 gigawatts of offshore wind energy with California targets of implementing 10 gigawatts of offshore wind energy. So my thesis work is also related to the Humboldt Wind Energy Area Project, the processes surrounding potential implementation of the offshore wind project, the different agencies involved in those processes, and the social aspect of engagement with local community members. Altogether, this is a new venture for the West Coast and would be the first deep water floating offshore wind project in the U.S., which makes it a unique opportunity for Humboldt. So it will be the focus of my thesis research. Wow, very cool stuff. Well, I'd love to buy you a beer sometime and and talk to you about that because I am very, very interested in the success of the offshore wind project. So, Caroline, I'm going to kick it back to you to introduce the subject of today's Eco News Report, which is this survey that the NEC is doing through our two wonderful graduate students here about perceptions of, of energy creation, something like that. Tell me more. Absolutely. Well, you know, this is motivated in part by what Lorelai mentioned, just how we are poised to really do a lot of energy development here off the shore of Humboldt County. Also, this was motivated by the Terrigen Project and just like through Starting then through now, how many conversations are being had about what the answer is to solve our energy needs and really wanting to know where people, where their knowledge is on this. There are short-term and long-term impacts resulting from all energy sources, right? And a lot of people are getting their information from energy companies who would like to develop these projects, or they're getting them from people who don't want these projects to be developed, energy companies that don't want to see these projects developed. And so in order to really educate citizens about what our options are and what these projects' impacts could be, we need to first know where their current knowledge lies and what their perceptions are of these different sources. So we are posting these two very educated students to help figure out the the right methodologies to get this information. And I'm it, both of both Alec and Lorelai mentioned the the emphasis on the, the social aspects in addition to the technical aspects of any sort of projects like these. And I think that that's kind of where the the crux of this is is just figuring out what the community thinks about these, how we can educate them, and how we move forward with projects that really actually meet all of our needs and work for the community. Well, that that's pretty interesting. I continue to live with the ghost of the Terrigen Project. <laughs> it is one that I think about almost daily as, as a major learning opportunity for us. And I was somewhat shocked from that project getting to know our community a little bit better. I, I had assumptions about where people were that I think ultimately proved to be wrong. 
So this is this is going to be interesting research. So so Lorelai, when when crafting a survey like this, what are you? How are you framing the survey to get these sort of responses? What are what are the tools that you're using in this survey to to best understand people's perceptions about energy generation? Yeah. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to make the survey as accessible as possible to the readership, people listening to this podcast, people who read Eco News, people who go to the NEC website. They have a broad readership and we would love everybody to take the survey, but we're also more focused on Humboldt just because of the TerraGen project legacy, like you said, the proposed projects, the microgrids that are getting implemented. And so we just wanted to make this survey that was accessible as possible. It's digital. It's going to be online. And you can find it on thelostcoastoutpost.com where the show notes for this show are found. So go to thelostcoastoutpost.com, click on the Eco News Report for this episode. And in there is the link to the survey. So go, go now, go do that. Yeah, so it will also be at yournec.org backslash energy survey. So please do take the survey. It won't take long. It's fully, it's anonymous. We're just looking to have as many people as possible take the survey for a representative sample so that we can try to take the pulse of the community with terms of their education and their perspectives related to energy and energy projects. I was going to ask, like, what specific sources of energy are you including in this? You know, like that's part of one of those, one of those aspects of structuring a survey, right? Like you can do it in a way that you input into people's minds what you want them to, to think. Are you, this is focused entirely on renewable energy. So are there things like biomass included in that? Or what sources are you including? Yes. So we are really trying to step back and ask people about their perspectives. We have looked at what RCEA considers renewable. The, the state of California has different definitions for what's renewable versus what's clean. That's very policy oriented. I think that this is, and maybe it's already been said, but this is kind of a foundational basis of where kind of our information gathering techniques will eventually evolve. I think that we want to know what people know. We want to know how much they know. We want to know if there's if they want or need additional information and where we might be able to leverage that information or that educational component. So I don't think we're looking at this yet on a project by project basis or a specific energy type, so to speak. But I think we're very generally and very broadly asking the community, okay, what do you think about renewables? And and do you think these energy sources are important? Do you value them? Do you see maybe there are competing interests or conflicts that may arise from larger scale projects such as wind farms or solar arrays? And I think it's very much this beginning cascading event of, okay, can we gather the very basic knowledges and the very basic perceptions of what people know about renewable energy? So then in the future, I think people may take this up again and use certain survey instruments or public outreach mechanisms and really get people to start talking about renewable energies as they really start to enter the scene and gain traction. Because I know right now it's still kind of in the nascent stages. It's still, we have these plans, they're slotted for 2030 and carbon neutrality by 2050 and all of these really ambitious goals. 
And there are some projects that maybe have not seen the full light of day and and have been resisted and for good reason, possibly. But I think the whole idea here is let's gather the very basic understanding of this so that we know where we need to leverage more education and information with the community. Yeah. And I will say that that's how that's how I anticipate using this as well as just to see where are the places that we need to what's the information that people need and how can we get that information to them? And do people's perceptions align with what the facts are and how do we how do we make those things align so that we can Mm -hmm. have an informed citizenry so that they can be engaged in these processes? I think both of you mentioned the word stakeholders when you were kind of introducing this idea. And Tom and I and many of our other comrades where we get really disgusted with that word stakeholder. Like, what does that mean? Because when I go to meetings that it says they're stakeholders, if I'm always seeing the same people there, then this is not representative of our community. So like, how do we educate folks so that they can be better stakeholders and we can broaden what that word means? I think that's a good point, Caroline. I think that, yeah, there's a stigma associated with that word. And I think hopefully through this project and other projects in the future with our our studies and our research, we can really broaden that term to include really anyone that might bear the burden of negative impacts from some of these projects or or just inaction in general. If we were to not engage in some of these, what I would think as important transition to a different type of energy source, you know, who's going to bear the burden of that? Who's going to be impacted and so I think very broadly, stakeholders could, could essentially be everybody in the community. The Eco News Report, and we're talking about a survey to gauge the pulse of the local community on renewable energy development. So, Caroline, one thing that you said that, that stood out to me was the idea of perceptions. So I, I think a lot of time people think they know a lot more than we actually do. I'd be curious on, on how we can sort through that through a survey like this, because it, that's really useful data for us as environmental leaders. If if people report that they know certain things and those things are untrue, that, that tells us that we have a certain duty, we have an obligation, we have work to do to put forward the correct information to to beat back the, the, the false one. So how how are you looking to to gauge people's knowledge of these subjects? Are are you asking them (laughs) a bunch of true and false questions uh, about renewable energy? You know, oh, coal is cleaner than natural gas, true or false? I think that's a good point. I think that's kind of the crux of working in this human dimensions and the social science side is like, do we know if people are telling the truth? Are they maybe extending their knowledge past what they actually know? I think that's, that's hard. But I also think that Given the anonymity of this survey, maybe people will just truthfully say, I don't know a lot or I need to know more. There's not a whole lot of true and false questions. We don't want to make people, we don't want to shut people down and make them feel unintelligent or stupid about some of these things. We really want to ask people, do you, do you like this or do, what do you know about this? I think there's, there's as many questions about what do you know as there are kind of those values. Do you think this is a necessary transition or do you think that there are conflicts that may arise? Things like that. So it's tough though. I think, I, I think it's, it's kind of hard to get at the heart of some of these things when you're trying to be truthful and objective and you're dealing with people's values and their interests and their concerns and something that cannot always be quantified the same way we, we do science. Yeah. We're not asking true and false questions, really. We're not trying to trick people. We're not trying to lead people in their 
answers, really. We just thought a survey might be a useful strategy to help Humboldt County and the Redwood Coast Energy Authority, our CEA, to recognize the perceptions of energy use, procurement, development, what people know, how much they know, and if they want or need more information to get involved in the broader conversation. It's really supposed to be used as a foundational educational piece that we will use the data from to write an article to, again, help inform the public. And the survey serves as an instrument to potentially gauge where people are in the spectrum of available information and involvement in renewable energy development with the recognition that energy is a very like nebulous kind of abstract concept for most everyone. It's just like you turn on a light switch and that's what it is and you pay your electric bill. But there's a lot more that goes into it on the back end. And so it's about bringing people into that conversation and making sure that they have good, accurate information to inform those discussions. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see how much and if there's a a correlation, if if people who admit in the survey that they feel that it is very important to move to renewable energy sources, they feel like they know a lot about that. Or if people who there really is just this emotional feeling of like, I know that we need to do this, but I don't know what those sources are versus a strong emotional reaction to like, we don't need that. And I don't know what they are either. And, And if those if those correlations do exist, we can kind of figure out who needs the education, what sort of education and how to get it to them. And and I think that also Tom kind of alluded to this feeling of realizing through the Terrigen Project that he didn't have his finger on the pulse of the community, that maybe he didn't really know. And I think that I'm, I'm intrigued to learn what I don't know as well. So in the demographic information that we're going to get back from the survey, are we going to get information about the political leanings of people? Because one thing that is interesting to me about renewable energies, I frankly don't have very many conservative friends. I, I would actually put that number at like one or two <laughs> in my life. So I, I don't have a lot of exposure to to this other world, right? We, we live in our own echo chambers on social media. In our communities, we self-sort into kind of ideologies often. So I'm, I'm particularly curious at how the other side thinks, because I, I feel like well, I, and I, this is, again, where a survey like this will be useful. I feel like I can kind of guess where, you know, the progressive left, which is, you know, the ideological category that I would self-describe myself as, I think I can get where where folks are going to come down on renewables, which is, yeah, we, we want them. We wanted them to be done the right way, whatever. But I, I really don't understand how a mega voter from from Fortuna or somebody like that might might view this discussion because it it's really important in in this this broader discussion of how we move forward as a community. So 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 Lorelai, do we have do we have anything like that in the survey for for sorting by by political ideology or party preference or or anything like that? Or or will we have to kind of resort to kind of proxies, right? Where if you are an older white man, you are statistically more likely to be in one camp than the other. Yeah, so we did not ask people their political affiliation. In terms of demographics, we asked their zip code. We asked how long they've lived in the zip code how they identify themselves in the community, like what their role, what they see their role as in the community. I think that's it. I don't even think we asked age. So it's more about kind of inferring 
as a whole. I mean, we can take information from that. There's a lot of people at different zip codes that are saying a certain type of response. That's interesting to know as well. But then, okay, so people who've lived here 20 years or more generally have this feeling or people who've only lived here five years or less don't really care as much. And that's what we're trying to figure out. So we're not trying to specifically ask for people's political ideologies. Um, We're trying to kind of infer their perspectives. Yeah. And on that line, I think it would be really interesting if this survey had come out before we had stopped importing Russian oil before the current political situation, because I think that that is kind of the wild card when it comes to political ideology and views on energy sources. Even I believe the Pentagon is kind of an early adopter of supporting renewable energy because energy independence is a national security issue. And we We are at this point where this stopping importation of Russian oil has raised prices to the point where we could either go hard one way towards renewable energy or go hard the other way to opening up drilling in the United States to bolster that. And so I feel like it is interesting to think about how that can impact people's perception and how quickly energy prices can change or how we value resources differently in terms of like energy resources. And then it's about making a connection from energy sources to climate and climate impacts. And Humboldt has very unique climate impacts. I mean, we're all facing climate change. We know that that's a reality to some extent, but Humboldt Bay has the fastest level of sea level rise locally. We also have access to this deep water port. So we have interesting, unique infrastructure as well as unique concerns about the coming climate crisis. And we have a lot of infrastructure that sits at or below sea level right on the bay. And so these are all things that we need to consider. And it kind of puts it right in our face when gas is at almost $6 a gallon. And in one sense, that is high. But in another sense, maybe it's not so high (laughs) when you think about how emissions are not considered in energy prices to mostly like on the market. And so it's interesting when people complain about gas being so expensive. I understand. I understand it disproportionately affects people of lower income more, which is unfair. But also, I mean, it's kept artificially low because of subsidies, at least gasoline and oil. And so this is all stuff to consider as we look at doing this energy transition, which will help hopefully mitigate some of the coming climate concerns. Maybe I can just add on to that, too, because I have this kind of notion that price volatility and and costs kind of pervade political boundaries. I mean, I think everyone recognizes when costs are out of whack and and when things aren't working well for the systems and whether it be their homes or their businesses. And I think that's the important thing of this survey is, is, yes, there is some value laden questions there, but I think it's also very much this question of what do you need to know? And good information is going to lead to good decisions. And I think that that can really transcend the whole idea of, okay, are you, which political leaning do you identify with? I mean, it doesn't, at, at one point it matters, but then at the other point, it's like, we've got a lot of things going on in the county and, and on the North coast. And I think <laughs> renewable energies are, are, are going to be here. It's going to, it's coming now. Can we get people on board with it? Can we give people a level of understanding that not only makes them feel 
safe with the decisions, but comfortable with them too and say, well, okay, this is something that I can get on board with based on whether or not it's going to reduce the costs of me running a business or heating my home or all of these things. So I'm hoping maybe I'm an idealist in that sense, but I'm really hoping that this transcends all of all of the political stuff. You said this is coming and this transition is happening. And what I see is like, we just have the Redwood Coast Airport microgrid, which came online, which can run <laughs> even when the grid goes offline. Mm-hmm. It can allow the airport and the Coast Guard to still have access to power from the energy storage at the grid. So to me, it's kind of like, increasing our resiliency, our local ability to still function, despite even if there's wildfires elsewhere, or the grid goes down for some reason, if we have all of these local energy resources, that allows us to continue to operate. I mean, I don't really know that you can put a price on that, because it's just about our community and our resiliency and how well positioned we are to look forward to the future, to the climate issues that are going to affect us. Yeah. I think about that resiliency a lot and that this is, you know, this is something that really does need to happen. And I think that this survey will be useful in figuring out how to help bring people along to that, to figure out what they need to hear so that they, and what information they need so that they do feel comfortable and so that they do feel like they have been consulted. Because I think that that was another big issue with the Terrigen Project is that people really just didn't feel that there was enough community input. And when people don't feel like they have been, that their input is valued, a lot of times they feel kind of like they've been tricked, especially when it kind of comes through government processes. And that is really bad for us as a whole, right? If we distrust all of these systems. So like this is, this is a, a, an avenue by which we can bring more people into the process. So let's get information on how to get to this survey again. So go to thelostcoastoutpost.com. You'll find the link there. Lorelai, can you provide the link to the NEC's website again? Yeah. To uh, directly access the survey that we're hosting, it's yournec.org backslash energy survey. All one word. All right. Go take the survey because if you don't, the NEC and Epic will harass you until we have enough survey responses and you won't get rid of us. So so go there now, take the survey. Thank you so much to our guests this week, Alec Brown and Lorelai Walker. Looking forward to having you back on the air when we get the survey results and we can talk through what what we found out. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. All right, this has been another episode of the Eco News Report. Join us next week on this time and channel for more environmental news from the North Coast of California.